0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is lesson 26 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on Horse Radio Network. Today, we're going to have te- learn about undersaddle tools for the spooky horse. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers Equine and Pet and Cavalier Feet. This is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, what we're going to learn is some tools that we can use to help our horses to refocus when we're under saddle. So creating something that is kind of something that asks them to come back, something has a good association, a good feeling, it's a way to help... Keep, help your horse to make a choice to work with you as opposed to, and helping reground them and bring them back under threshold as we're working under saddle. So we're going to learn about that. And that is, uh, that will be a lot of fun. So a lot of times people ask me about where can I buy clickers and targets and, and side buckets and all that rigmarole. You can go to my website, which is www.on. Dash target dash training dot com, and you can find uh, just go to products and you'll find informational things, all sorts of things for all your other horse needs, or rider needs, or barn needs, or dog needs. You can go to Jeffers Pet, Jeffers Pet, and Jeffers Equine have a family run company with lots of great things. So let's learn more about Jeffers. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet livestock and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffersequine.com. Has you covered. All righty. So this is a really an important um, lesson, and it is one that I, it's a tool that I have found so very helpful that I I want to share it with people. And and it's harder for people to understand a little bit if you haven't done the training because. When we start doing the positive reinforcement training, we have to keep in mind, we start, we talk in lesson one, we start talking a bit about classic conditioning, and you hear me talking about the entire time, because what happens is as we teach the clicker, we're using classic conditioning. We feed, we click, we feed, we click, we feed, until the click, or whatever bridge signal you're using, is because it's the same as food. So it's something they love. It produces the same feelings, physical feeling. They love it. It's a good feeling. This dopamine, It's endorphins, this is great. And it creates a good feeling and good things happen in the brain. So we want to create that kind of associate, that kind of association. Let me kind of get ahead of myself there. The, that kind of association, as much as we think about the classic conditioning for the clicker, or the bridge conditioning, it actually never stops. Pretty soon, the target is classically conditioned. The behavior of targeting is classically conditioned. Lifting their feet is classically conditioned. Our presence is classically conditioned. That means we become classically conditioned. So pretty soon, all the pieces that are part of their training equation, the circle just kind of keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So they see us coming, they go, oh, yay, it's my favorite thing. Now we've talked about relaxation because they can get a little too excited about that. But they go, "Oh, this is great! I love this. Good things happen when my human shows up and we do things together, and when I focus." So we're this is something that really comes into the play, into play for this behavior now. So now, do you remember in it was exercise three, lesson three? Um, we talked about targeting. And why do we use a target? What does it do? And what the target, the target, the target. One of the things I talk about is that the target actually becomes a bit of a safety, security blanket. It's like a binky or whatever you want to call it. It becomes a bit of a security thing for the horses. So I talked about an example when I was at John and BZ Madden's and there was a horse who's turned out in the pasture and he was terrified. We don't know what happened. He was a really settled, normal horse. But but for five hours, he wouldn't come in. The grooms took a different groom's try. They took out buckets of grain. So food wasn't doing it. They took out carrots. Carrots, which he loved, wasn't doing it. So at the end of the day, I went out with a target. And he had only had three five-minute sessions a day for three days with the clicker. Three five-minute sessions a day for three days with the target. Months ago in a different place. So... I didn't know what exactly was going to do. I was still kind of new out of marine mammal training and he was snorting and way over threshold and flagging his tail and seemed terrified when you would try to catch him. So what they, I did is I said, yeah, but I'll go try. And everyone's like, but he didn't take food and he wouldn't, you know, nothing is working and, but we have nothing to lose. So when I went out and he was snorting and then just like they said, he ran away as I approached. When I turned my back, they said he will come back. But as soon as you turn to get him, he runs away. So I clicked as he was, he was coming on his way. Cause you click on what you want to see more of. And then he stayed, I turned around slowly and he stayed in his tracks. His head was high. He was worried, but he stayed still. I reached the target over the fence. Everything softened. He relaxed. He lowered his head. He walked up, touched the target and walked home like normal. Keep in mind, he wasn't taking food from other people. He took food from me, but it was the association through the classic conditioning that had already begun to take place. It meant the target means good things are going to happen. It means dopamine and endorphins. And and so whatever had him so over threshold and worried for five hours, the target instantaneously brought him back to a nice centered focus place. So that wasn't the target. It's the association with the target. And we get that kind of association with all sorts of things, including performed behaviors. So what we're going to do is make the most of that by creating a behavior that we can work on under saddle that we can utilize in times and we can start to see them go over threshold. So it's that relationship with the target that made the target have that kind of reaction. So that's what we want to do is I want you to pick a behavior that you can do with your horse under saddle that is something that will work for him. Minty was a horse who was, uh, he was very strung out and long. So collection kind of became his thing as he learned to bring himself up and under and use his back and use his hind end. That became the thing that I would reinforce a lot for him. And that became his favorite behavior as we would just be riding and we're just warming up and my loose reins are swinging. He would start bringing his hind end underneath him, marching forward and up and lifting up. He just, he did all that by himself, you know, and he got himself technically, these are quotation marks on the bit because he, that, that behavior was so strong for him that he would physically do it. He wanted to do it. It was his favorite behavior. At that point, I knew this behavior is basically classically conditioned for him. I've reinforced it so much that it is a comfort and it's something he wants to do. You know, odds are great. I'm going to get reinforced for this. So that was his behavior. So I built all of those steps, teaching all of that with positive reinforcement because Minty, I started working with him, you know, almost 26 years ago, and he was, he learned it all through positive reinforcement. Now, um, Bugs, on the other hand, was another horse that I worked with in the past 10 years or so that was one of my horses, and he came to me with an unpleasant history. He had, I like to say he flunked out of cowboy school. He They pulled him as a four-year-old thoroughbred that was reedy out of a field, and And he didn't, he didn't fit into the program. He just got worse and worse and worse till he's rearing and dangerous and not, he was, it it just wasn't working. So he came and got decompressed and, and, and then he got to be a really good horse, but he had, he did have a spook in him. So, and he also could be rigid with his, um, one of the things I was always working on with him was softness, softness, softness. He could be rigid with his head up and down as well as, you know, as horizontal and vertical. So both, all of it could just be really tight in the neck. So what I would look for for him is can you bend and soften and bend and soften. So it included lowering your head a little bit, softening your neck is really what it was. It wasn't really lowering your head, but softening your neck, which then create, it affects the whole top line. So as he would soften and soften, and that's what I would do. That became his favorite behavior. So as I'd be warming up on him and I'm not touching the reins yet, and we're just kind of walking around. I'd feel him start to do that ever so slight bend to one way then straighten out and then suddenly go back to the other side I knew at this point this was his favorite behavior so now as I go out on the trail I need to or, or, or anywhere whatever happens and I see him start to go oh crud what's this and, and I can see him start to focus on something I could say hey bugs can you bend and I would ask him to bend either looking at it or towards another direction and I would feel him let go of the thing and go oh yes i love bending and it was like he made a choice to come back to me to working but it's partly because of the classic conditioning it meant everything is safe with his world so creating picking a behavior for your horse and i'd pick one that's going to be stronger than anything else one that you think is a behavior you can do easily when you're in the saddle whether you're in an arena whether you're walking around the farm whether you're out on the trail you want it to be something that is practical and easy now the key here is you don't go work that out on the trail you go work that in the best case scenario I want you to work it a lot for a behavior to get classically conditioned it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of food so you need to not be stingy here's a couple pieces you need to be quite generous with it so he's like I love this behavior this one pays so it it, And we've talked about how to get started under saddle with your horses. So if you haven't got to that point yet, starting under saddle is episode 11. So you can go back. If you haven't got that part worked out, go to episode 11, lesson 11, really. And it'll teach you about some things you can do as you start to go under saddle with your horse who may be traditionally trained. It's not really for babies yet because that'll be another episode, but, but getting that horse ready for, uh, under saddle, get that part worked out and then work on this behavior. I want a lot of repetition. First thing you need to determine is what is the behavior I want? And then you need to determine how can I get that behavior to begin with? So that may have its own quandaries for you, you know? So it can be a matter of just waiting until he relaxes, you know? If your horse is a type that's very high-headed, you just may wait till he relaxes a little bit. And you go, that, that's better. And until well, the head gets a little bit lower. Well, you don't really want, and so till you get the head in a position you want, because you don't want the head on the ground, that's not really balanced for them. And then pretty soon you may feel like he starts to, as he does that, he starts to lift his back a little bit. And pretty soon his hind end is coming in. So that is something you can actually capture with your horse. You bridge it as he offers it. Instead of, I'm a really big proponent, instead of making them do it, I let them do it, you know, so if I can find a way to get them to do it, I think that 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 is half the trick. So with Bugsy, I worked on his, all of his rain aids being, because he came to me as a traditional horse and a defensive Traditional horse. So I just worked on can you bend a little? Can you? He got the rain aids and he knew leg aids as well. He knew all of those things. So I worked on just a little bit first of if I just open this rain, do you go that direction? And I could even put a target in a cone out there so that he goes, Yes, I can go over there and go to that spot. I don't need him to go to the target. I need him to aim for the target because remember, the target is something, it's to create behavior. It's not to be a crutch. So as we start to go in that direction, I can go, yep. So each of his little pieces was reinforced. So he knew the pieces. And I made sure that I built a good, strong reinforcement history behind each of those behaviors. So that's what I did. Now, as I ask for the, you know, as things got a little bit more, you could start putting them together. And I start being sure that each of those pieces is reinforced and understood and not defensive. So a key through there, it keep looking for relaxation. So if I have a horse that goes, okay, I'm going to the right and he's going tight. I'm going to wait to the moment I feel like he softens a little bit and starts to go to the right and still I can build the relaxation in and build that strong reinforcement history. So that's a little doubling back to kind of remind you some of those pieces. So you need to figure out how to get the piece you want and how to help your horse to understand it and to love it. So you don't want to feel like this is something that is compulsion or correction involved. You want to something where he feels like, you know, I want this. I like this. I want to do this. I understand it. And I will offer this behavior. So it's really important that we get the criteria worked out at home and and, and then reinforced a lot where we can go it to this behavior anytime, anywhere. Anytime, anywhere, anytime, anywhere. And like, I love this. I love this. And really it should be when you're warming up that they offer that behavior. And that tells you now this behavior is one of their favorite behaviors. They like this behavior. They want to do this behavior. So that is a really important component to it. And so you need to pick what that piece is. I'm going to work with um, a horse here named Primo. And one of the things that he can do, he is rather high headed. So, and, and hollowed. And so what I've worked on a bit with him is, I want him to be relaxed a bit, to drop his head a little bit, to bring his back a little bit up. We have kind of the early stages of it, but we're going to reinforce it a bit more and more intentionally. So this becomes his behavior. The high-headed one doesn't help him biomechanically because high-headed hollow back, that's not using himself well. I want him to get himself his strongest, biggest muscle under there to get that butt under there use that thing. So I want to help him to kind of go, he's an off the track thoroughbred who raced for a long time and has some kind of physical issues. So using himself as he, when he came here, his hind end was behind him a bit and he was a little bit hollow and he, he just wasn't really using himself very well at that point. So trying to help him get better at that is good for him. And that's why I picked the behaviors, which are good for each horse, but it's also something that I can go-to uh, when I go out on the trail. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, I'm going to use the bending for him because he's already a little bit, um, un- will I'll continue to work on the, the kind of carrying himself better. But I think the bending is a little bit more deliberately something I can ask for so that when I ask him to do this, I can give him a cue that says, hey, are you with me? Will you choose this? And the way I teach these cues, I make sure that I have taught tactile cues like riding, I want to teach them through positive reinforcement. So creating the movement through positive reinforcement, making sure they're clear and they understand it. So the cue has now been paired with uh, positive reinforcement has a good association. That's a little bit tricky to figuring out. But again, episode 11 helps you figure out where are the sticky points for that. Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work on him bending and getting soft and and, in each direction. And I want his body to bend a little bit with it. Not crazy. I don't want just the head bent. I want the whole body to kind of gently, you know, kind of arc in and arc out a little bit as I ask him to. So uh, that's what I'm going to work on. And we're going to build up a reinforcement history. And again, we're going to work in the best case scenario. So I want you to think about the piece you're looking for. And I want, we're going to go and we're kind of going to repeat this and practice it, repeat it and practice it. And till we can get this sorted out at home a little bit. Okay. So what I want you to do, go get your horse, go get your stuff. You're going to need to get, when I ride, I tend to ride with a bum bag, uh, also known as a fanny pack in the United States. So get your, get your bum bag, get your waist pack, whatever you want to call it, get it filled up with the food you can feed under saddle. Again, a lot of times I like to feed equine senior under saddle or senior feed under saddle because it is soft and, uh, dissolves in their mouth pretty easily. Or or whatever you want to feed, get something, fill it up, get your clicker. I ride with a clicker on a target. I have telescoping targets that are smaller and de- designed for riding. So I should get those on my website, but that's what I'm, so I'm going to grab my clicker. I'm going to grab my, I'll have a target with me. You don't need to target necessarily, but I a target with me and I'm going to have my, um, my, uh, bum bag. Okay, so go get your horse, go get tacked up, get yourself ready, get your horse ready and I'll meet you in the lab. Alrighty. So I am actually on board. Me and Prima are just walking around the arena a bit. I've worked him a little bit. So I feel like he's nice and relaxed. I do feel like he is with me. You know, sometimes you get on, you think, Ooh, something's going on with you today, but not today. I made sure he's with me and I feel like he's soft and he's listening. And I do use my extendable target, my, um, undersaddle target. So I asked him to target a little bit, which was kind of as I, used my, I'll talk about a little bit more. So I use the target from under saddle a little bit, and I'm going to use it in this exercise today. So he's doing good. And remember a general point, you always want to set your horse up for success. So you want to be a place where he can focus and learn that this is a good, safe, fun thing to do. And you also want to consider, you know, if your horse is going to be too much horse, get him some exercise before you get on. You know, whatever we can do to help set him up for success is really important. So I am on board now. And as I ask him to go forward, I'm just going to click and reinforce. And that's great. I'm just reminding him of the different cues right now. And that was great. So now I'm going to ask him to go to the left. And he walked off to the left. I'm going to click that. I'm clicking all of these pretty early. So I'm clicking and feeding. That means we're stopping and I'm breaking it down. But I'm clicking on the behavior I want to see more of. So I just want to be sure that each of these is, he's kind of, I'm like testing my aircraft. (laughs) That all all my console's working. So just kind of reminding him that we're doing this fun training that we do. And that was great. Okay, now what I'm going to do as we're going on And I want to be sure that this behavior is solid. This is something I've done with him a bit and I do with other horses. I am going to ask him to move forward. And as I want him to bend a little bit, I'm going to use my hands and my legs in how I do this. You can, different people in different disciplines do it differently. I'm asking for the bend and I'm using the target actually. So you don't necessarily have to do that. But I'm using the target just to kind of remind him to get it, think about getting his head in. He does do this, but it's a way I can remind him and be sure he's thinking about it and responsive. So it's kind of taking steps back to on those building block approximations that are really important, really, really important part of the training. So that was good. And I clicked to reinforce him for that. And we're going to walk on a little bit and I'm going to ask him to bend to the other direction. So now I'm asking him to bend to the left and holding the target out there again. And, and that was good. And I'm holding it. It's extendable too. So it's kind of right up by his head. And that was great. So I feel like he's responding nice and softly to everything. And so I'm not going to use a target anymore now. I feel like I've got him in a good place. Now, you may have different behaviors you're working with, so I want you to take those approximations and figure out, are you, is your horse in a good place? Because the, the main thing is we need to get this behavior up to criteria. There's a little bit, sometimes when I ask to bend, he gets his head a little bit high. So while he's worked, gotten much better at carrying himself and raising his back and head is in a more natural productive position and his hind end is coming under him, all those pieces are good. But sometimes when you ask him to shift gears or do something different, he can get a little bit guarded. I kind of feel like it is. So I want to just look for softening and softening and softening. So. So my thing is I'm going to, again, I'm working on that softness where I don't want his head high and I don't want it to feel stiff to the side. I want to feel like he, he softly bends his whole body towards, around my leg as I ask him to. So we're going to go on for a little bit. We're going to walk for a little bit because he kind of just needs to, to walk too. And so as we're walking along, we're going to, we're going around the corner here. And as we go down the long side, I'm going to ask him to bend. So as we're walking and then I'm just going to ask him to bend a bit. Yep. Click. Good. Reinforce. So he did it without the target and that's what I took there. So I'm going to let him eat for a second. And then we're going to walk on for a little bit. He's walking and chewing, but they do that a lot. <laughs> They're pretty good at that. So as we walk on a little bit and then I'm going to ask him to bend to the other side. And I'm clicking and reinforcing that one. So those are pretty quick that I clicked and reinforced them because I want to build a good, strong reinforcement history with his response to my cue. So when he responded softly to my cue, I want to say, yes, that's it. You know, you think about it. What are all the aids that we use? You know, when we use spurs or we use whips or we use, you know, big bits. We use different things. We use martingales. We use all these pieces. Well, what are the pieces? Really, we need them because our horses aren't responding to our cues. You know, if we if our horse isn't slowing down, it's because he, he doesn't find our cue very worthwhile. You know, I mean, he doesn't, doesn't find the cue. It's not worth his while to stop and, and want to do that. So building up the positive reinforcement history with it is really, really important. And getting him to, because so I want that cue to be strong. My horse, I ask him to go forward. He doesn't go forward. I don't see the, 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 the solution for that to be a spur. I see the solution for that to be more, use more positive reinforcement when he does do it, use targets, use other things to help him to get that pieces sorted out. So I want to, in these first couple times what I did, I just wanted to say nice response to my cue. Nice response to my cue. Nice response to my cue. So he is keeping him and reminding him that this is really worthwhile. Okay. Now, and keep in mind too, when we get, um, when we get onto a place that's more strenuous or challenging, listening to the cue can be harder because they're distracted. And if they have an old history with kind of, not so great stuff. It can remind them just of old stuff right away, and they can get defensive. So the stronger I make the reinforcement history of the cue, pretty soon it's going to outweigh the old the old history that it had. So hopefully we're at that place now because we've done this a fair share. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, ask him as we're making our way around this next corner. And again, down the long side, I'm just doing it down the long sides for now, because it's a way that I feel like is the simplest I can make it. And the most, uh, I'm setting him up for success. I want it to be pretty easy and straightforward. So as we go and I ask him to bend and he's bending and that's great. And he's holding that bend. And I don't want to have to keep going, Ben, bend, 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 Ben. Bend. I want him to just hold that. And th- there we go. So at first he kind of was, I could tell he was holding and listening, but he was just a touch, not, not much, just a touch tense and listening. So he kind of wasn't thinking, okay, just keep doing. He was looking for the next thing to happen. And then pretty quickly I felt him going, oh, okay, I'm just going to do this and keep like this. And that's when I clicked and reinforced. So we had a little bit of duration on there. Okay, so that was good. So I clicked and I fed him. And again, just I feed from either side under saddle. And I want them to wait with their head forward until I lean to a side. If they lean to one side, I have a tendency to lean to the other side. So they get the idea that they don't necessarily know. Let's just wait. So that was great. And you know what? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up the talking part now. I'm going to repeat this a few more times, but I think you get the idea. This is a repetitious process. This isn't something that's going to be different every time I do it. I'm just going to do more of the same and looking for a little bit more duration, making sure I have soft responsiveness. And if I do feel like it gets a little tense in there, looking for him to get softer quicker. And so increasing the softness of relaxation. And of course, a lot of times relaxation does come with clarity. So the more your horse knows what you're asking him to do, knows that there's something in it for him, the stronger he will be at offering that behavior. So I think it's really uh, important to just work on that repetition a bit. So I'm gonna do a few more of these, but I want you to kind of maybe practice a little bit more with your horse, get your little pieces started out. If you don't get it perfect today, it does not matter. Remember, it's just little tiny approximations towards this behavior. And maybe you want to ride your horse and do other things. Well, you don't need to dwell on this. You can just go do other things that you do and come back to this a little bit later. Just mix it in between. So kind of wrap things up with your horse, get a little ride in if you want to, and be sure to be quite reinforcing on your ride. (laughs) And We will, once you got your horse put away, you got your tack put away and cleaned, (laughs) just kidding. You get your tack put away, you get yourself ready, come back and we will prepare for our homework. And where do we go from here? Okay. See you in a minute. Okay, obviously the homework is really an important part. And you're probably wondering, what do you feed your horse? Well, you can feed your horse all sorts of things. But one of the things I try to do is pick feed that is part of their diet. And an exceptional uh, choice I found for feed, a lot of uh, international athletes use it, is the Cavalor feed. It's a great low sugar feed. I don't feel bad about feeding lots. So let's listen about Cavalor and what what they're all about. As we progress through the clicker training exercises, we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker. Sometimes, most of the time, I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it, and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without think you're loading them down with sugar and that's what you get with Cavalor. With the Cavalor feeds you can also actually see the ingredients so it looks like a cereal you and I would eat and in fact I've tasted it and it's pretty good. (laughs) And the best part is Cavalor's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real live person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. Okay. So now, as I kind of already said, as we were wrapping up our session, the the, the homework here isn't... At this point in time, you're kind of creating the behavior. You're trying to figure out how to help your horse get there. You can use stationary targets, targets and cones. You can do different things to help create that behavior. But that's not really what this homework is about. That's a separate project. This is about the repetition of doing this behavior over and over, building duration, getting it to the, to the criteria you want. Most importantly, we want relaxation to be a part of it because we want the horse, when we ask him to do it, when we're outside and in weird places, we want him to go, oh, relaxation is built in as part of this criteria. It is a softness to it. There is a relaxation, a, a, a nice subdued attitude to it. Not subdued like slow, but it is a nice, yes, I'm confidently and comfortably doing this as opposed to feeling rigid or tense or bracy or defensive. We want it to be something that brings them back to a good mental place. And of course, because as we know, utilizing positive reinforcement, we are using a part of the brain that that produces dopamines and endorphins and things that your horse, that helps your horse to feel good anyway. So it kind of brings them down to a good baseline place where they feel good. So we want this behavior to be like the target is. We want it to be classically conditioned. We want to be their favorite behavior. So you're going to work this in the best case scenario. And then uh, you, what you can even do is kind of go about it like a little bit of de-spooking under saddle. You can have it be where maybe you hang a jacket in the corner And you don't, if your horse is just a little bit worried about it, you don't have to go right up to it. You're still trying to keep him under threshold. You don't want him to go way over threshold, but he starts to look at it, say, hey, can you bend and go this direction? Don't force it. It's not a making him. It's not compulsion. It's asking him. And if your horse says, no, I can't, I would make my circle a little further away. So that you can kind of go, okay, so we're going to be three feet further from it. It shouldn't be quite so above threshold. Now, as you're looking at it, but can you come back to me? And when your horse says, yes, I can come back to you. I want you to click and reinforce. And then I want you to, again, build up even within that session, going both directions, both eyes go past it, where you can get a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and you build some duration in there where he sees the thing, you know, can he come over here? And he goes, yes, I can. And then as you go on a little bit, and then you click and reinforce, and sometimes you bend them to look at the item and click and reinforce, but you're clicking and reinforce when you feel the softening or you feel the connection to you. It may not be perfect, but it's the choice to work with you is the most important. As you worked on different things in your arena, now go to an outdoor arena, go around your barn, and then eventually moving on out until you're out in, you know, bigger and bigger places, but go slow. Don't think, well, this was great. I'm ready for the trail. No, on a windy day with the deer out, you know, go slow you know, go where you've really built it up and he's learned. Oh, I see a thing, but I can do this and things are going to be safe. So build it up slow, go by things, you know, keeping enough distance where you can set them up for success until you can get it better and better. And remember, prevention is a key. If you have a horse who now is snorting and over the moon, you may not get him back right away because now he's in full on fight or flight. You got adrenaline on the rise. You've got... You've got cortisol going. You've got things that are are really going to be working against you. So the key is prevention is the best way. So try to make it as small as you can, but there's going to be times it kind of creeps up on you. So if you can kind of slowly move into the more challenging situations, your horse is going to be more practiced and more rehearsed at coming back to you when things get a little bit tough. So this homework for you is really repetition and gradually taking it to more places and figuring out how can I set my horse up for success and then eventually being able to do it anytime, anyplace, anywhere. So that is your homework, but this is a tool you're going to love and you're going to find is so, so very valuable. So I want you to work on that. And I, I'm kind of excited for everybody because you're, you're going to have a new tool in your toolbox. It's going to be amazing. All right. Well, you can listen to this lesson or any of the Equine Clicker 101 lessons on most of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on the Horse Radio Network app on iOS or Android. Just search Horse Radio Network in the app store. It's free and it's easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com because if you don't, you don't know what you're missing. All right, and one last thing is if you have uh, interested in learning more about me, who I am, what I do, or what I'm up to, I have two websites for you to go to. You can go to www.on-target-training.com, and that's been my website for over, for decades now. And so uh, on-target-training.com, you can learn about me, you can listen to the podcast, you can find, submit, ask Shauna questions, get to YouTube, whichever, or get find things. My other one is if you want to find my schedule and what we're up to here at Terra Nova Training Center, go to www.terranovatrainingcenter.com, T-E-R-R-A-N-O-V-A. And so then you can find out where I am, where I'm going to be, what we're up to, get on our newsletter even. Alrighty, So that's it. And have fun out there. And until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target.